Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabba Reis, your host, and live in the studio with me, uh, all the way from the United States, on tour in Sydney um, at the moment is none other than Chris Paget, and I, I can I can sum up multiple things: comedian, musician, speaker, author, professor, father, husband. The list goes on. So. Just a great guy. So let's uh, let's get to uh, talk to him now. He's live in the studio in the Perusi headquarters. Chris, it's great to have you here. It's good to see you again. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was three years ago when we were together last, and it was yeah. it was January of 2020, which was just That's before. Right. You, you may have crazy? not be able to get home if you stayed a little bit longer. I think so you're right. Yeah, first lockdown. <laughs> It was kind of a little bit mad. That was when all of the fires were happening here in Australia. That's right. That's we were all right. worried about the koala bears. Yes, yes. But yeah, there were rumors of the coronavirus. I got home and within a couple months, my whole year, that whole calendar year was gone. I had a great year in store for ministry. I was so excited. And then every day was just me talking to parishes, having to cancel the events. How are we going to do ministry? Everybody started moving online. It yes. was, it was, it's been a tough few years, but um, I think in a lot of ways, people are hungry for tangible in-person events again. There's Absolutely. something about that eye-to-eye, you know, physical gathering that is so needed. I think we realized Zoom is great, but it's not what we're looking for. No, <laughs> that's right. So. You, um, how did you go? Because the ministry, you've got a ministry that incorporates your whole family uh, sort of part of this. Can you talk about that uh, with the farming and the well, we, all that so podcast? Right that at that time, what was crazy, we started doing some videos. Uh, we have a little farm called the Happy Place Homestead. So yes. we started putting up videos on this YouTube page, Happy Place Homestead. And right at that time, I had just signed a contract with a person who's called a showrunner. Uh, we had a friend of ours, Travis, do all the filming and he edited it. He, he was a part of a Swedish reality show, so he knew how to put it all together. And we started releasing an episode. We had about eight episodes. We started releasing one every week or two. And uh, it started to get some success. And then I had another friend who was doing some work in the world of uh, you know television and all that. He brought our stuff to this to the showrunner, and they they said, "Let's do this." So they signed us, and they were bringing it to every major television network that that exists. And we got so many amazing positive feedbacks that that Fantastic. were awesome. They loved it. They, in fact, the only complaint was literally. They're too perfect a family. And I, I said, <laughs> just film a day and you're going to see the imperfection vanish. <laughs> well, the tr yeah. then, of course, everything shut down with 2020. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so we ended up uh, getting out of the showrunner contract because nobody was there. Were, there were no sh new shows coming out. They, mm. It was all stuff that had been previously docketed, filmed, and were being edited. So okay. the next couple of years were, were really just trying to what, what does this look like? So we kind of detached okay. and let, let that go. And um, I think what we realized is that we're going to let God have this, and this may not be the right time, which we're at peace with. Yeah. So we still have the farm. We just don't put up the regular videos, partly because my wife's doing her master's degree in counseling. And uh, my travel schedule, thanks be to God, is picked up again. So I'm not, I'm not doing uh, a lot of filming and okay. editing in that okay. world. All right. Now, the website, uh, just for everyone who want to know what to yeah. get up to, you got a couple of websites, but which yeah. is the main website? For the farm is Happy Place Homestead. If you go to YouTube, yep. 
Type in Happy Place Homestead. There's this reality show. And there's a really powerful episode called Sarah's Story. Okay. We talk about my daughter who uh, she, she had gotten pregnant and uh, out of wedlock. She was, she was in her late teens, just getting ready to start college. That story has been very positively received because it's, um, it's been used for a lot of the pro-life uh, you know, wow. work. And yeah. so our granddaughter is eight years old now, Audrey. Mm -hmm. And uh, that story still resonates with so many people. So if you've ever had a family member, um, you know, um, you know, unwed pregnant uh, yes. pregnancies, wondering what to do, this is this story is a very vulnerable, very real story on one family and kind of how we addressed it. And wow. it's it it's online. It's received. for free yeah. to watch. Yeah, right there at Happy Place Homestead. You should be able to Fantastic. type in Sarah's story and it'll, it'll be there. Great. And then there's chrispaget.com. Is that That's right? That's the website for the ministry stuff that I do. So a lot of the uh, a lot of the talks and the ways to get me to come to your parish for missions and for talks. Fantastic. That's usually where people will go to get a little idea. And then there's another one with your wife. Yeah, uh, so chrisandlindapaget.com. That's all the marriage and family stuff that we right. do. Wow. And we have a really cool web developer that put everything together for us. And so um, there's, there's just a lot of material there. We do a lot of pre-cana work with dioceses. Nice. And we also do a lot of uh, marriage and family kind of events for couples in parishes and dioceses. And uh, we love it. I love Brilliant. I love what I do. So you are, you're in Australia at the moment uh, with the... Evangel Center for Evangelization Sydney, Sydney Archdiocese have uh, invited you, uh, yep. Life, Marriage and Family Office, and you're doing a few things in this space on, on marriage. Yes. Um, uh, what, what can we, what, oh, what are people it's expecting? It's going to be awesome. Tonight, uh, we'll, I'll do an event called Embrace, and this is really just a great night of renewal for couples. So this is a, a wonderful evening for, uh, for folks, and then tomorrow is going to be a, a day retreat for couples coming in, and that's uh, that's going to have everything. That's going to have a number of talks, and there's going to be some uh, confession and adoration time. I Beautiful. think it'll end with mass. Um, there's going to be uh, another event like that. I think on Sunday. I'm also doing some stuff. A men's event up in Canberra, I believe it is. Yeah, Am right. I the saying capital, that right? Canberra. Canberra. Cam yeah. Canberra. Just to roll off the tongue. Cam Canberra. Canberra. That's Canberra. you will go with that. <laughs> so I'll be there, and then uh, and then there, there's going to be a, a like a little cocktail, um, wine, cheese kind of finger food nice. in the evening for uh, married couples talking Beautiful. about marriages and families. And then I'm doing That's some stuff idea. for some schools. I'm pretty excited about some high school some and youth group. Yeah, stuff. So look, if if people are breathing, I'm happy to talk to them. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. I love it. I love it. Well, no, I want to. Yeah, thanks to Archdiocese Sydney doing it, um, getting you out here, and it's created this opportunity to have you. Yeah. And anyone watching this, uh, obviously these events have, would have happened already because this is a pre-record. <laughs> but um, I hope is any of these. Online or in, in any of these type of people? Yeah, have that's a good question. Uh, is there a way of? Well, I don't that? know that. Um, I don't know that any of these are necessarily going to be recorded, uh, you know, on a social media platform. I'm not sure. The diocese may or may not. Okay. But I know that ChristinaLindaPaget.com. There's a platform for some some of the talks that we do together, and right. that that would have a couple of the talks that I'm doing. You could see Linda and I, my wife and I doing doing some of those talks. Uh, some of that's free, and then there's some Excellent. paid content, really right. inexpensive. Excellent, so, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, your wife uh, features in, a, in this program, which we have at Perusia, um, Momnipotent. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which is an eight-part study, and that's from Ascension, and we, we've got it. But I, I first learned about you from this, and we're celebrating, we're arguing whether it's eight, nine, or 10 years, depending on how you count it. <laughs> but 10 years from 
the Nahilibstat. <laughs> so it's the it's the ten year anniversary for this program. Now let me let me start with the original chosen. I'm gonna show it this camera or this camera. I'm not sure, Miguel, which one I should do. But this, yep, this one here, chosen. This uh, uh, your your good friend Christophanic, um, uh the brains behind this. I remember him saying or quoting him uh, saying something should be done about confirmation or we need to be doing something for this age. And then when he realized that someone is himself, <laughs> yeah. uh, when I say someone should be doing something with pointing about ourselves and pull together some of the best of the best, including yourself in here, um, a great program, 24 part program, basically on the entire Catholic faith. Yeah. And that 14 year olds uh, sort of early he, he did so good at that um, I was so spoiled to be a part of this program yeah. still to this day people love it it I think it works so good for anybody you know entering into the church that whole confirmation program but I think this is complimentary of course to even RCIA content yes. it's so yes it has some remedial aspects you know it's kind of 101 at times but there's some really deep dives and some really rich content that a lot of people, they might think, oh, I kind of know that, but there's a little bit of a wake-up moment yeah. because uh, some of the speakers, this is really what they do and what they're talking about, yeah. they're passionate about. So it's a little introductory, but you kind of start diving into some of the deeper ends, and I, I do love that program. It, it, it's, a lot of homework's been done about it because yeah. you've got um, also a sponsor's guide, a parent's guide, and you're covering, I mean, it's all full color. Yeah, it's um, so good. So many, it's, and the videos are like uh, high quality, bite size yeah. clips, and you can yeah. just sort of, yeah, pick and choose how you want to do this. It's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, we had fun. And yeah. I think partly uh, there's a little bit of a comedic flow with me with that. Yeah, and I, I think they enjoyed it because, you know, you're going to need a little bit of joy in this content. So yeah, you you'll, you'll, find, you'll find yourself smiling and laughing a little bit as you learn as well. So yeah, I love the, uh, the, uh, the scene in the cinema. Uh, you're there having popcorn and Listen, everyone else got I to share it. the same uh, popcorn. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> they were probably digging popcorn out of that couch for years. So, so I encourage people, uh, please, if you have not even seen this yet, Go to our website, perusiamedia.com, um, and, and check it out. There's a confirmation program, 24-part, and it was so good they said, we can't just leave it for confirmation students. What about if you've already had your confirmation? There's a faith formation version, yeah, which great. is brilliant, brilliant. So that's all now. We've got uh, that in both physical form and digital form, so that's now available. And, you know, um, we had, we've been distributing uh, before we met. I mean, Chris, CDs, those who still like CDs, but this one here, um, get to know uh, the Mother of God, and that was with Lighthouse Catholic Media. Yeah, it was great. And you've got a range of books as well. So all this, I mean, I just want, um, we don't have enough time, but I just want to, <laughs> I want to give the audience enough uh, idea of, you're a man of many talents. Um, you are a convert. Now, I encourage people to watch our first conversation together mm -hmm. where we dive into your conversion yeah. story. Um, but now you are, you've been, how many years Catholic now? You've become a... So I, I think it's almost, I'm getting 24, 24 I'm near wow. my, my quarter right. century of, <laughs> I, I can't wait till the day that I was, um, you know, Catholic longer than I was, than I was not. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. The joke was always, why did you become Catholic? So I could, you know, drink, smoke and swear. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is that the reason I became Catholic was, was, uh, I just, my mother, when I was a young kid, uh, really introduced me to that personal relationship with Jesus. And I tell her, I'm Catholic because, 
you taught me to, to study the scriptures and to, and, to, and to have that relationship with Christ. And this is where that led me, much yeah, to her horror. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is that um, I, love, I love being Catholic. It is truly that fullness of faith that yes. I've been longing for. I mean, it's got the deep end yeah. and it's got the kiddie pool and it's all so good. Yeah. It's just perfection. I like how you said that. Um, you, so let's. I want to talk about evangelization. Um, yes. that's, that's one of your uh, passions, um, and 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 you bring that in everything that you do in your music, in your comedy, in your talks, in your in your in your classes to your students, um, in your podcasts, and the content that you create, and the books that you've written. Over ten now, is that right? Ten, eleven? I think yeah, something like that. Wow. There's, there's a number. We're going to make sure we get those <laughs> on our platform, but. Um, all of that, it all comes back to one thing, and there's this relationship that you've had, and you fell in love with a person. This yes. person, of course, your wife, but uh, we're talking yes. now about Jesus Christ. Um, uh, evangelizing, can we just start, what is it, what isn't it? Evangelization, yeah. it's the most misunderstood word sometimes. Sure, well, evangelization is really meant to be part and parcel with what it means to say yes to our relationship with Jesus. Yes. If you spend any time with me, you're gonna know, I'm gonna end up talking to you about my wife and my kids, why? Yes. That's who I am, I'm a yes. husband and a father. You will know what I'm passionate about, just sitting together for a little bit, sharing uh, a drink, talking a little bit, it's gonna be clear, this yes. is how he thinks. That's the way it's supposed to be when it comes to our faith. It's yeah. not necessarily something I'm adding on to my life. It should be something pouring out from mm -hmm. my life. And there when we is. talk about evangelization, it's really, do I have this relationship with someone that I love and who loves me that pours forth for me whenever I start talking about what I'm passionate about. And I think that a lot of people have a weird idea that evangelization is either, you know, that stereotypical person with a bullhorn that's sharing, repent, repent, uh, yeah. or passing out these gospel tracts saying that, you know, you need to give your life to Christ or you're gonna go to hell. There's so many weird stereotypes of evangelization, but I think evangelization at its heart is a, it's a natural, organic, way of being if yes. you're in a relationship with Jesus. And the being is what enables the doing, okay? Interesting. But that is all meant to be kind of differentiated between what we call catechesis, which is that almost formative instruction in the faith. There will be evangelistic moments in this catechesis yes. because we're gonna always be deepening our relationship with Christ, but it always begins with this encounter with yes. a person who knows me and the mess that I am and loves me. And that kind of relationship, we were made to need that. Yes. And when you speak that to another person, that's their longing for that. Like that's what they're aching for. Ah, right, that's the pearl of great price. That's yes. the light on the hill. That's the salt, something's different here, right? Yes. That's what we want. And um, I love it. there's a lot of ways that you can evangelize. It can be overt, it can be explicit, or it can be implicit, it can be subtle, but it's all of it. Yes. And, and it's gonna be different according to each person, really. I'm excited to um, unpack the different ways we can evangelize <laughs> with you and the way yeah. you're doing it naturally. And, and that's so brilliantly said, um, because there'll be people watching now who, are, who would be uh, accepting, you know, I, I'm a devout Catholic, I go to Mass on Sunday, I've been baptized, I've had my first uh, confession, I've gone to Holy Communion. I've been confirmed. I'm married in the Catholic Church. I 
I even pray a rosary um, on in the you know on feasts of Mary. Um, so all that is awesome. All that is excellent. All that is fantastic as a Catholic. Um, but there's a difference between just doing that and then what we're actually trying to get to the core of is this relationship. Uh, do we have a relationship with the person who is actually behind all of this? Yeah. <laughs> Can we explain the difference? Because you mentioned the word there, encounter. Yeah. What do you mean by that? What, what, what do you mean encounter? What does that mean? Well, yeah, let me... There's a number no. of things <laughs> I just want to play so with here for a second. <laughs> so... I love that you're, you know, doing the rosary, that you got married in the church, that you're going to mass. Thanks be to God. All of that yes. is necessary for a person's personal formation and that ready and that prep towards the ultimate beatific vision being with Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But what if all of this stuff here, the, the rosaries, Divine Mercy chaplets, going to mass, what if all of that was to enable you now to go into the world and live this message of, mm -hmm. of God's love? So if you look at, I did all of these things and now I'm done, that's not evangelization. No. That's wonderful. I'm so happy. But now, is there not anyone that you know who could benefit and need that same yeah. satisfaction? So the encounter, there's two different encounters here that I would probably want to emphasize. They, the, the encounter is one, maybe first with you. Yes. And that encounter could just be, uh, Charbel, what are you doing? I just got done come, you know, coming back from Mass. I'd love to you know, meet up with you. Come on over, bring your kids, and we'll have a, a, a grill, a barbecue, whatever. Yes. That, that encounter uh, that you have with them might be their first introduction to how a relationship with Christ can look in a unique person. Mm -hmm. And that will do one of a couple things. It'll either reinforce someone's stereotypes and misconceptions about Catholicism, mm -hmm. or it stands in direct opposition to those stereotypes and misconceptions. So you, that encounter with Christ, right? Christ has nobody now but yours. Yes. That song, yes. <coughs> that yeah. prayer, that's so true. And that's really the invitation that Jesus is giving in the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jerusalem, Judea, the ends of the earth. You are, right, his hands, his feet. You are that living, tangible witness of what? Not necessarily just perfect right theology, but you are the living witness of an encounter with a person. So that brings mm -hmm. the second encounter. And the second encounter is imperative to effectively do this encounter. Yes. And that is, it, it, I almost want to say I've reduced life down to simply this. Will I let Jesus love me so that I can love the people that he gives to me? That's it. Lord, can I let you love me a little more today? And, and it's so hard, Charbel, because I'm prone to want to love myself. I want yeah. to do it the immediate way, the effective way, the yeah. selfish way. Like, I can have instant gratification. Don't you see? I don't want to suffer. I want now. Yeah. I want it now. And Jesus says to me, but that's not going to satisfy you. Would you let me love you today? And there are good days and there are bad days for yes. all of us. Yes. But that encounter with letting him love me changes me. Because we're all so wounded. Yeah. And his love in our wounds, like his 
that good Samaritan coming and binding us up and caring for us and carrying us into healing, I mean, that's what we all ache for. And the more I let Jesus do that, the more I can love people who are different than me, who are um, broken and, and hurting, maybe even more than I've ever been broken or hurt. This is it, isn't it? Um, it's hard to visualize this sometimes, like, Jesus, love me more. What does that mean? I mean, what does that mean? When you're asking that, what are you looking for? Is it, um, we're not just saying, is it acceptance? What is it? Uh, can you just elaborate that? Because yes. I think it can be hard to visualize or, sure. or, or put it in concrete, practical. I think, I, I think the human person, as a general rule, we could easily say that the human person is seeking. Mm. We are always seeking for something. Yeah. We want to be seen. We want to be affirmed. We want to be loved. Mm. We want to be accepted. We want to matter, right? Mm. And so if we don't allow Christ in, then we are continuing to be restless. It's St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So there is this, you could easily say that God has made all of us in such a way that we would never fully be satisfied until we allowed Jesus to fully satisfy us. And the awesome thing is that God looks at us and he knows that we're not going to be satisfied as we've gone into all of these various different places. But why does he allow us to do that? So that we will become so exhausted (laughs) <laughs> that we just give up and realize this will never satisfy me. And he says, I know. <laughs> Would you let me now satisfy you? And this has been my prayer. Even I can remember sitting before the Blessed Sacrament the last time I was in Australia, and that was my constant prayer to Jesus. What does it look like for me to let you fully satisfy me? What does that look like to let you truly satisfy me? How do I let you love me? And I had this experience, which I don't really talk about this very much, but I've had um, one like image in my mind that is a safe image. If I ever think of what is my relationship with Jesus like, it's like me as a little infant, a baby, being held by Jesus, you know, like a father, which if you're a dad and you are, The greatest feeling on the planet is when you have a little baby and you lie down with that baby and that baby falls asleep and they're so so abandoned. It's complete and total abandonment. And that is the image I feel like Jesus is asking, what would it look like for you to do that with me? That that kind of image? Yes. And like, uh, I'm not doing it. That baby doesn't have to do a thing. Yeah. That baby could have even messed itself. Yeah. And I love <laughs> as a father to hold that baby. I want to clean the baby and that being. The thing about it is that experience that I was having, I felt like the Lord gave me a number of moments in my life. Uh, two years old, five years old, a teenager, a young man, a married man, kids. And each of those moments, what did it look like to let Jesus hold me in each of these moments? See, the, tr- the truth is that this first encounter, this idea of letting Jesus speak to you, this idea of, of being open and receptive to him, it's really, it's really, there is a rationale that has to be put in play. Mm. Does God love me? Yes or no? Yeah. According to the story, <laughs> yes. And yeah. according to the cross, that's pretty severe and radical love. Yes. So if that's true, you know, is he trustworthy? 
that he says that he would love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if I can believe this, what does it look like? Mm. Does it have to be feeling based? Do I have to feel something emotionally for that love to be real? But we're saying no, no. because as a father, I don't have to have any emotional feelings. But there is something about being with that child that is intrinsically yeah. good. It means something to me as a father Time with stops. that child. It's Time amazing. stops. Yeah. It's just, and I yeah. think that's what it's like to let Jesus love us, to let Jesus introduce us to a father that is unconditionally all in. Mm. Even when we're messy, even when we need to be cleaned, even when we're broken or bleeding and scuffed or exhausted. In it all, I think it's literally our life is an invitation to allow Christ to satisfy us and he'll be patient yeah. <laughs> as we wrestle and as we're restless because he knows that once we taste that kind of love, we do want more. Yes. But the enemy comes and says, but that didn't truly satisfy you, did you? So you should, you should do this again. You should go back over here. Mm. And there's this kind of constant wrestling. Yes. And I think saints, in a lot of ways, are maybe the people who have learned they're so inclined to failing that they are going to utterly fling themselves upon the mercy of God. And we're still obstinate enough sometimes <laughs> to think, I'll, I'll show you how faithful I am, God. I'll show you how holy I am, God. And then we fall down again and we get broken. So how, yeah, so it's beautifully said. Uh, so we let Jesus love us, that we don't want, want anything to change. I mean, but how does that change the way you live? I mean, your relationships with others now change, the way you speak, the way you eat, the way you dress, the way you act. I mean, does that change? Like, how, how does the being loved Accepting that love, and it, I mean, obviously we're constantly drawing deeper and deeper in that love. But how, how has it changed for you? And then how? What can people expect who who want this? <laughs> yeah. Well, we we articulate this in mass whenever we say, "I confess to Almighty God yes. and to you, my brothers and sisters, yes. that I kind of but not really sinned." No, right? Yeah. I greatly sinned. You walk through the door. We all enter church, and what does that mean? We're all the same. Mm. We all need. And I think when you allow Christ, when I allow Jesus to love me, and it's, I think it's really a moment-by-moment -moment opportunity. Yes. The more I'm in the zone of letting God love me, I am far more tolerable of people who are not being lovable. Yeah. And I have to say, it is easy for me to get irritated with <laughs> individuals. <Yeah. laughs> but this year has been kind of an exciting year for me because there's a song, and I'm not really a big fan of the song, but the one part of this verse goes, I will hold your people in my heart, mm. right? Here I am, Lord. Yeah. Maybe not my favorite song, but that verse, I will hold your people in my heart, I felt like Jesus said to me this year, that's what I'm wanting you to do. Every person you meet, I want you to look at them, hold them in your heart, at, like like I do. I want you to see them like I do. And it is checking uh, a whole bunch of crazy things in my brain before I go off in my irritation fest. Yes. I'm so inconvenienced. You know, I'm so <laughs> frustrated. Why is she talking so loud on her phone, right? <laughs> Why are you listening to that without earbuds? You know, just on the yeah. plane alone, a million yeah. opportunities for sanctity. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing I about it. this, I think, is that is yeah. that the way it changes me is that if I'm letting God love me, then nobody is, I'm not better than anybody. 
Mm. Ultimately, at the end of the day, each person is uniquely made in his image and likeness. He has a deep and everlasting love for each person. What does it look like for me to love someone mm. the way that he loves them? Yeah. That's a radical opportunity. And that is Mother Teresa. Yeah. I really think that that's what she did so profoundly. It changed the world. Yes. Amen. I mean, you love a person who's got AIDS, who's dying, who's been neglected, an orphan, who's sick. And she loved them as if each person yeah. were Jesus in yeah. such a true, authentic way. There it is right there. So can we touch on this um, today, right now? Um, it almost feels like, you know, of course, we're putting God more and more to the side. We're sort of putting ourselves forward. Marketing, media, um, the messaging is all about me, myself and I, the sort of the unholy trinity, the idea of yeah. um, putting your, the most important person in the world is you, 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 you. And the problem is if we only stuck to that, then we're forgetting about the other. The Christian message is all about other, 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 about others and and, uh, and those certainly married, your spouse and your children. And then God, of course, has to be up there. But he seems to be now, sort of creation has become greater than the creator. And we've sort of flipped things. And now people are very, you said something there. I mean, we're, we're triggered very quickly if it's not someone listening on the phone, but their political views or their, oh, yeah. um, what team they go for in the sport. Or, uh, you know, if it's not how they vote, how they pray or how they worship or if how they, um, Whatever, whatever it is, um, we've become so hostile to each other. Um, this idea of what you're saying feels so far away. How do we get back to that? Could, can we just unpack what, where, where did we go wrong? Like what, what, why is it that we now we're letting anything get under our skin? You could say something I don't agree with and all of a sudden I'll write you off and not talk to you again. And, and these are you know, relationships, best friends, family members, people who have, been, have known each other for decades we're in an age now where we're ready to throw all that away because of their particular view on one, one, one thing. Yes. And, it, and it's different for everyone. How do we get here? And, ha and, and, and is what you're saying the solution? How do we fix this? Well, the good news There's is so that I here. know I didn't come up with this idea. So I'm fairly confident that... Uh, that um, this this was Jesus's whole idea, you know, like <laughs> le love one another. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto unto you. So, I mean, there is there is from Jesus himself that story of the great judgment. I mean, mm. there is this bespeaking that um, Jesus is connecting himself with with what seems to be the weak and the broken. Yeah. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. We call this the corporal, corporeal, the body. Yeah. Like this kind of caring for others is truly caring for Christ. Mm. And that's, that's the deciding factor between sheep and goats, mm. right? Entering into that rest or, or being uh, thrown into the, the, the lake of fire, that kind of idea. The, the, so I, I didn't come up with any of this, and I'm I'm just trying to align myself to to the heart of of a, of a God who truly does love, and is inviting us to love in a way that is very radical because we are very um, uniquely. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. We are very selfish as a general rule. We we definitely are wanting our best interest uh, to be addressed and to be you know brought to the forefront. So the idea yeah. of deflecting and deferring to someone else is really 
countercultural, and it's unfortunately it's, we're seeing it's it's a problem even within the church. But this is the simple question. See, I think that I think people have an idea right now that. What is needed now more than everything is to have a perfect theology. And with a perfect theology, then everything is good. Mm, mm. Okay, we have the fullness of God's love in Christ. I mean, the invisible God made visible, all deity in bodily form, Emmanuel, God with us. So, right, and now we consume and receive him, the source and summit of our faith in the Eucharist. But we that is not the end goal the end goal then is to love one another as i have loved you so now we take that encounter with christ who's encountering us wherever we are and we bring that to a world so they don't have right theology they still are selfish because Mm -hmm. they're still restless they're still seeking for some sort of satisfaction yeah my response to that shouldn't be irritation because your theology is wrong or irritation because you are going to a different church than than I'm going to. I should be able to, according to the way Christ has loved me, go and love someone who's doing it wrong. Yeah. But we, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, whether it is a, a politic or whether it is a particular, uh, you know, whatever, the, the Norva Soda or the Latin Mass. The reality is we have got to figure out how to get back to basics. St. Paul said, right, if I speak the truth without love, I'm a resounding gong and a mm. clanging cymbal. Mm. Okay, that's perfect theology. Like if I have it perfect, if I've said it perfectly, it's not going to matter if there's no love connected to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And people, I... people, they're separating the two. Like, but yeah. I gave, I show you, I love you by giving you, let's say, perfect theology. Yeah. Okay, but that's not really how this works necessarily. There is something of you that has to be connected to that sharing. Yes. So it's yes. not just, and I'm detached from it. Here's the truth, right? There's something of me, the ache maybe, the, the, the I love you so much, I care for you. You're hurting yourself. Yes. Right? I'm not saying this because I, I can't stand you. Like, I'm aching with you. Yeah, yeah. You should be crying with that person if they're struggling and they're aching so yes. much as you tell them the truth. And that's the other part of this. When we talk about evangelization, most people aren't looking for a perfect answer. They just want someone to be with them who loves yeah. them. Yeah. That's yeah. it. At some point, someone's going to say, why do you love me? Why would you possibly that. want to still be with me? Why would you still be in my life and care for me? I, you know, I've betrayed you. I've denied you three times. I ran away when I should have been faithful to you. I fell asleep when you asked me to stay awake. Jesus demonstrates his love for each person so tangibly, even after they've cataclysmically failed. That's our example. And the reality is, unfortunately, we're not going to necessarily see a shift in the world and necessarily even the flesh or the devil when it comes to strategies and and an anti-Christian inclination. But how we address the world and the flesh and the devil will only be benefited the more we allow God to love us. Wow, well said. I mean, there's so much here. (laughs) Um, Where are you going with this? I mean, you started off the idea of receiving love. Yes. But then you can't give what you don't have. That's exactly right. So the idea is sometimes we we sort of too quick 
even even in, in formal, even look in an apostle like Perusia and others that we, we, we claim we are, we are evangelizing through formation and through resources and all that. None of that means anything if it's not done, not just with knowledge, but with with love. And it's the love that we've received first. That's um, right. And out of the intention for the other person to truly share in what we've we've been blessed to have. And there's a, there is a bit of a difference when we say, yeah, we see debates happen on long, uh, online and you see, you know, the whole Catholic Protestant, uh, 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 you know, clash there and, and all these walls go up or all this, all this, you've got, we've got to try win this debate. And then once the debate is won, then what? <laughs> no one wins anything. So it, it's almost right. like it's not about winning debates. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's ultimately how do we then invite them to taste and see what we've just experienced in this love. And right. it's an invitation, not a uh, condemnation. Yeah, so I, I think that whole idea of winning a debate is a, is a catastrophe. Yeah, That's yeah. almost a recipe for disaster. There's a part of me that's, um, I'll give you an example. I had a person that used to come to me. Um, she was a, a young lady who, uh, an alcoholic. And so she would come and she would, she would just be frustrated. And we would talk through mm. her struggle. And I, I wasn't in a counseling role. I was just as a, uh, you know, kind of a mentor, a leader in a way in her life and a friend. Mm. And uh, my family was friends with her as well. So, and one day she said to me, ultimately, I'm so sick and tired of telling you every day that the, the, the night before I, I, you know, I, I, I wrecked myself. Because every day she, she had her goal was to get as drunk as possible to pass out. She had such a messy life. Yeah. And uh, still, it's very touching for me in a way. But I, I, um, I looked at her. I felt like the Holy Spirit told me one day, you, should, you need to tell her this. And I said to her, I'll, well, I'll call her Sarah. That's not her name. Mm -hmm. I said, Sarah, you can come to me every single day and tell me that you've wrecked yourself the night before. And honestly, um, it, 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 it won't matter to me. I love you. My family loves you. My wife and kids, we love having you here at our home. Um, like, in other words, there's nothing you can do that will make us stop loving you. And she texted me not too long ago her 10-year um, sobriety uh, oh, wow. before Alcoholics Anonymous. Wow. She's now a counselor. She cares for and helps people. She's married with kids. I couldn't be more proud of her. But if she told me tomorrow, I wrecked myself. I would look at that girl, Sarah, and I would say, you're such a beautiful person. So many people are so in love with you. You're gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this. I'm here to cheer you on. See, she already knows, and most people already know um, a lot, yeah. you know? What they don't know is whether they're lovable anymore. Mm. Mm. So I'm giving you perfect theology. Many people will dismiss that because they don't fit into a perfect theology structure. So they, well, they, they won't even. Um, uh, well, I can't. That's take great that for you, Charbel, because yeah. obviously you're perfect. Mm. But I'm not. I've done this. You know, I'm struggling in this part of my life, or I have that addiction, or my marriage fell apart, or I got pregnant out of wedlock, or they fill in the blank with all of the reasons they're automatically dismissed. Yeah. But we need to be reaching. Like if we, we need to love these people more than the world loves them. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. If we will love, love spits it. flying <laughs> out of my mouth. If we now would love, <laughs> if we would love people more than the way a superficial world would love them, our churches would be packed.
But we, if we fixate on that selfish idea of me, myself, and I, we, it, we're done. Yeah. That we can't compete. See, the world has put every bit of their effort and energy into that superficial marketing. Yeah. They are perfect at selling something. It does not have to bring about what it promises. Mm. They're selling something. And that world approach looks at a person to use them. They're a commodity. But in Christianity, and this is really important for ministry, they're not a commodity. They have to be a person. And when we love that person, that means we cheer when they're celebrating. We ache when they're aching. We, we love them and are present with them even if they're a wreck. Yeah. I will give you a story. I've never, I don't talk about this hardly ever, but it's a true story. Our daughter is a radical, profound person when it comes to pro-life. I mean, she lived that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's now a nurse in labor and delivery. And um, she had a friend of hers that was, uh, had gotten married or had gotten pregnant out of wedlock. And then they had kind of bonded because they had some similar stories. Well, later on in life, this friend of hers was having an affair with a married man and got pregnant again. And she decided she was going to have an abortion. And my daughter was devastated because she, she's like, what are you talking about? Look at your daughter. Yeah. Look at my daughter. Th- like you would want to live life without that baby. So her friend was going to go through that abortion. And she said, I'm not going to, I can't go in with you into that abortion, but I'm going to be there for you when you come out. And my wife said something so profound. She said, God's got the baby. We cannot worry about the baby now. It's beyond our control, but we can find a way to love this mom who is going to need love. She's going to be devastated. We can't convert and do anything for that life now that's gone, but we can find a way to love this person. My wife and I, we sat in the parking lot and prayed in our car while this was going on. I can't, I can't change the outcome. I'm not supporting the act, uh-huh. but I know that, that that lady, and it's been now a year or two or so, and she's had to go through counseling and therapy, and it's a mess. Like, I have to love people who are making the most catastrophic decisions because if I won't, who will? Their parents have rejected them. There's nobody in their social circle who's thinking about their moral life. So what will we do? Condemn them because they're not living the way I think they should live? But I ache. And the next time we saw her, we didn't condemn her. We loved her. This is the truth is that Everyone, when they meet us, they know already what we believe. So they already know. What they don't know is, will I love them when I realize how messed they are? Mm, mm. And the answer is, how could I not? Because I am, as St. Paul would say, the chief of sinners. (laughs) That's why he could love so radically. That's why his message resonated so profoundly. I was thinking about you with this ministry each person who buys a book or watches a video or a podcast, listens to that stuff, that's a real person. Yes. And they, they're aching for something. They want to grow in their faith. They want to encounter with Christ. And sometimes, almost haphazardly, you create something. You put something out. You don't think, well, it's not selling like, you know, Chris's podcast. That is not going to work compared to Father Schmidt's. Yeah. So, I mean, we, <laughs> let's, let's focus our attention here. 
But maybe one person accidentally slips on and they, they listen to this crazy guy talking about being broken and being loved. What if that person, I, that's what I'm so captivated with, with mm. ministry, is what if my ministry was for one person? Yeah. Is that enough? And it is. Like, it is enough. And there are so many saints that it would seem like they failed, but yet they're saints. Saint Charles de Foucault was just canonized. Okay. And he baptized nobody that I know of. He would, didn't he have a single person in his, in his order, which was literally himself. His whole ministry was, I'm gonna live the secret hidden life of Jesus, the hidden years. <laughs> Everybody thought he was a janitor as he swept out and worked the poor Clares in Jerusalem. Nobody knew who he was. He was martyred in the middle of nowhere. Uh, in a strictly Muslim uh, place, and um, it was just canonized. Wow. And that guy had no idea who I was. His life is so unrelatable to me, and yet, for the last year and a half, I've read three books on this guy, and I can't stop thinking about him. What is that? That's a person that had an encounter with Jesus and chose to love people who were so different around him. What will that look like for me? What would that look like for you? Yeah, oh, that's amazing. I, I get so pumped yeah, about that. I love it. I mean, I, I thought of um, Saint, Saint Chabelle, my name, a patron saint, who at his own funeral, there was not even three people there. And there was, um, you know, he lived a, a hermit. What, what can a hermit do right. to evangelize? And he's by himself and he's, you know, in those last 23 years, you know, he's there praying and working and, that's it, had, you know, fighting the devil, the temptation, all that dies, and that's it, can move on with his life. He, he never, you know, he was always looking down, custody of the eyes. What, what, what impact can this man have? But after he dies, there's this explosion of, of information about who this man was and how he lived, and, and you yeah. can't sort of, sort of deny the fact that, wow, now that he's in heaven, he's become one of the more famous saints now. I mean, many, right. many people now are discovering who is this little humble hermit yes. that's now performed apparently, you know, more miracles than most saints. It's mm. in the almost 30,000 recorded miracles. Who was a humble hermit in the middle of a little village in the that's mountains right. of Lebanon. And, and here he is in, in Russia, in Mexico, in all over the place, famous. And, uh, you know, and the reason why I'm Saint Chabelle is because my mum, had to make a radical decision. She turned to him, this hermit, that saved my life mm. in, in her womb. So it's, it's like, wow, there is more to this. It's not about feeling, just our feelings now. It's not about winning things. It's not about being recognized even. It's about yes. being loved. This is important. I just want to touch on something though. The, where, where we fall short, and you've said it, and how do we then reconcile that? You, we're not, you're not saying for a minute, and you've said it, and just, just to emphasize this, to people not take a soundbite from you yeah. and then say, oh, look, Chris Padgett is now endorsing uh, people to go have an abortion or endorsing uh, people to... No, you're not. Well, no. But you are saying you don't write off someone. So it's the, the old saying, love the sinner, 
but hate the sin. Right, exactly. And, and, and could we just unpack that? Yes. What are you saying here? Because we should still Look, be there that, to... That, that person who commits, uh, 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 has an abortion, uh, it, it is the deepest. I mean, I have nine kids and eight grandkids. Praise God. I, I, I wanted to get to that. You that, haven't got that, to that yet, that, but wow. I, the, I, I can't. Do you, I mean, I, yeah, uh, you're going to be Love poor <laughs> having children, but, but it is the greatest, the greatest thing ever. I, I, it is the deepest ache that someone would even remotely choose to end a, a life. It is such a diabolical, an absolutely diabolical act. Mm. But oftentimes these are kids who are desperate, so desperate because they feel there's no other alternative. Mm. And which is so tragic because I've worked so much in the pro-life world. There are amazing opportunities, but they don't, they don't, either they don't see it, they don't know it, or they don't believe it, or they're shamed. They feel so shameful. Mm. Uh, the truth is, is that we have to figure out how to love the sinner because the truth is the sin is so prevalent now more than ever in this world. Mm. And if shame, if shame rules a person's life, they're never going to want to disclose that. Yeah. This is a different conversation, but I do a lot of work with people who do ministry. I'm gonna tell you right now, fear and an inability to be vulnerable is a mm. radical problem in yeah. ministry. Yeah. And part of that is because they're ashamed and they're afraid. What if someone knows that I'm messy, I'm broken, yeah. that I'm not perfect? And part of their problem is because we all want everyone to be so perfect that mm. once we're not, our whole life and ministry and way of living could be gone. But see, <laughs> I think that's why St. Paul, when he's like, I'm the chief of sinners, well, he'd automatically be disqualified. Why have him come speak at our church? <laughs> right? Obviously, he's the chief of sinners. The, the, the funny thing is, is, that, is that we're all a, a broken mess. We're all, yes. uh, St. Philip Neary used to wake up every morning and say, Jesus, be with me today or I will betray you. Th this is a reality. Sounds for... like an ultimatum, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just it's the invitation. Yeah. I, I know I'm I such a you. mess. I I, I'm of the mindset, and I've said this before, that I think God picks the most needy people to do ministry because we're so prone and inclined to wrecking ourselves, that we know that if we don't lean on Jesus, everything is lost. Yeah. And I love that about how he works. Like yeah. he knew I have zero skills in my life except <laughs> to talk about him. That's yeah. it. And That's I, I will spend the rest of my days, if I have breath, inviting people to let like God love him. Love Why? It. Because that is my greatest need it is how he's truly satisfying me, and it is the constant opportunity. So, yeah, of course. You know what? If you if you meet someone who has uh, been divorced four times, uh, you got to figure out a way to love that person. Yes. You're not you're not excited that they got divorced. You know how many people are hurt from those divorces? So mm. many. But you have to find a way to love that person. Somebody who has intentionally uh, been careless and maybe drunk driving and killed someone. We have to figure out how to love this is so even, even that. And that, that's a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we, for too often we judge, we attach the sin to the sinner. Yes. And that becomes their identity. And therefore, we disassociate naturally. And this is happening across humanity. 
and, yes. and oh, that person lied once. That therefore they're a liar. That person murdered someone. They're a murderer. And 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 there's never an opening of forgiveness. That they're forever guilty. And that this right. is this is the this is the standard us in the humanity has given. Uh, and then the the more responsibility you have, I guess, the more expectation of you. And if you do something really bad, it's worse for you because you should know better. So I, you, yeah, are, you yeah, should yeah. be you're right in hell. And some of us have the we say these things and think these things. That's a very dangerous place f for you <laughs> to be in. If you're thinking, I want to see, I take pleasure in someone else's pain. I, if I want them to suffer so much, that's so, right. Well then, wow! This is the opposite of love here. This is yes, and we've gotten we've fallen to that standard. Unfortunately, we still you're calling an act. We've got to go above that. We've got to love no right. matter what. If, if I think that that articulation, if you take pleasure in someone else's pain or that mm. they're going to get what they're due, yeah, I do not think that's the heart of God. No. I don't think that's how He looks at people. I cannot wait to implement justice upon them. Yeah. Like there is a need for justice, Absolutely. right? But it's the reality <laughs> is that's, that is the cross. Yeah. That's the ultimate justice for sin, okay? Now our ultimate ache should be that they would be the recipients of that mercy mm. and, ch and live their life. See, the motivation for change isn't severity. Mm. The motivation for true change is love. I mean, this is why Jesus' love for Matthew, a tax collector, is such a radical act. Yeah. This guy was constantly identified with his past. He, he made restitution even, going yes. and paying back. You know, he didn't even, wow. I mean, he, he's trying to articulate, I am different. Here, sh yeah. let me show you. Right? But at the end of the day, nobody will be satisfied with that. You could do a thousand acts, Matthew. You'll never be, you know, not a tax collector. But Jesus didn't look at Matthew as a tax collector. And in fact, entrusted, if you will, that story yeah. of that gospel, that articulation to that tax collector. Yes. We soak in the transformative articulation of someone who was so loved by God. Yes. And now he's known what? As I, I asked this question on my online classes, you know, you know what Matthew was what? You know, uh, a disciple, of course, you know, an apostle, yeah. yes, but you know how many people still put tax collector, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even to this day, right, we still want to, you know, kind of identify him as that. But this is what I, I believe, though, and this is true. This is, again, we're back to Mass. I confess to Almighty God to my brothers that I have greatly yeah. sinned. That's right. This, this whole idea that we're all somehow such perfect examples of of uh, orthodoxy and, and uh, Christianity is, is to me, it's a little bit of a joke. That, that's pride. Mm. I don't think we need to be going around, woe is me, but we are all, but for the grace of God, there go I. We are yeah. all so inclined. And you might say, well, I've never struggled with pornography. I've never struggled with gambling. Well, I can tell you, you certainly are struggling with some pride because it's oozing out yeah. of every pore. <laughs> and it could be argued that pride might be the worst of the deadly sins. Yes. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, yes. all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yes. This is the even playing field. So yeah. what does that ultimately mean? It means that now I have a job to do, which yeah. is to let God love me, so I can love the people he brings to me. And I might be frustrated. Why are you bringing me that person? It is not easy to love that person. Yeah. Will you please, please bring me more people like Charbel who I can love so easily. Yeah. <laughs>
uh, yeah, you'll be sanctified. This is so, you know, uplifting and, and it's a great reminder of, of our call as, as Christians. And, and, and thank you for sharing this. This is important. I, I feel we can go all day on this because um, it's just amazing. But we are running out of time and I want to just sort of, can we do a round two sometime? This is this yeah. is brilliant. Um, I don't. Do you do what? Do you have you got a book on evangelization? Because I think you need one. Have you got one? Yeah, I I mean, there's little vignettes of these stories yeah. that are in a number of the books. Okay. But but I yeah. I I have a, I do need to finish a few books. So okay. I'm, I'm working wow, on. Wow. Because you you um personally that doesn't mean and what you're not saying and is to just sort of yes we, we you're right distill it to love it is love being love helping others and just love them who they are. But you also, because of that love, you still your relationship goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And you become a better husband, a better father. A be, I mean, you, be, you are trying to now be the best you can be. And then also you're wanting to learn too. So you are using, that love is, is sort of fueling 11 books. <laughs> and it's fueling That's right. all, these, all, all this activity. But it's out of a place of love, not out of a place of... I guess achievement or, yeah. or, or ticking a box or. I like that you're bringing this up because I do think this hits a little bit of a fear that, that a lot of us have had yeah. and yeah. have, which is, if I make an allowance to love someone, mm. then somehow I might be doing a disservice to truth, mm. or I might somehow be compromising in my my strict, uh, you know, intensity towards my faith. The truth is, is that I think that if you let God love you and you truly begin to love others, letting that flow through, like Christ loving through me, yes, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna dive deeper than your greatest dream. Like, like in our mind, see, because see, I think so much of this is predicated on what I do for God. Yeah. So I'm doing mm. this for you, God. So that makes me a holy person. No, it doesn't. I, I'm mm. not doing this for you, God. That means I'm I'm even holier. So we're not going to say it like that, but that's how we're living so often. Yeah. Because what happens if, uh-oh, I do that, or I do that, and I don't do that, and I don't do that? Well, then what, you, what do you feel? What you feel shows you where you're at with this. Let's say I'm going to pray the rosary every day. Oh, no, I forgot you today. It. I, I achieved it. Well, first of all, am I loving others more because I prayed that rosary? Well, if I'm not, then, then I'm doing it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But if I don't pray that rosary that day, do I feel shame? And if there's shame, that might be another tell that I'm placing my sanctity in my action. See, I think, and this is, I think that sanctity should be flowing from a life of being united with him. Mm. St. Paul says a lot, in Christ, in Christ, yeah. in Christ. So there's this intimate intimacy yeah. with him that causes the, you know, the, the flowing of that kind of love. I, it should be more fluid rather than yes. I'm dispensing. It's my action. No, That's right. So it would be like natural. this. I, I fill up the tank with, with gas. I could sit in this car and go nowhere. Mm -hmm. But I got to turn the key on, put it in gear, and press on the accelerator. There are things that I do need to do to go from here to there. Yes. Right? So I'm not saying 
It's just flowing. Everybody's yeah. just being yeah. as if it's some sort of weird inaction. It's, it's actually more intense. This is why the saints could do things that seem impossible, praying for extended periods of time yeah. or yes. uh, living, whatever, predominantly on the Eucharist or whatever. <clears throat> it's not because they willed it in and of themselves, but that intimacy with Christ enabled them. And so when they took the step, it wasn't just a step, it's a great leap, you know? Mm, mm. I, I think that that's a little bit of our struggle. We still, in our mind, have, I do this, I do this, I'm good. If I do this, I do that, I'm bad. Okay, so now we're, like, that's how we're approaching it. But I have a feeling if the more I'm in the zone of, I want to be in that intimate relationship with you, Jesus, that's consuming my idea, my thought, that changes my approach to things. Of course I want to pray the rosary because yeah. I want to meditate on the wonderful ways that you've encountered yes, us yes. And, you know, and, and listen and look through the eyes of Our Lady. Of course I want to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I mm. want to soak in that for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Yes, to fixate, to focus upon the cross, right? That's what St. Paul does. That's what I want to do. I mean, so I have a feeling that, 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 that the fear, if I somehow just like God you know, do this in me that somehow I'm not going to do enough. I, I think it's it's discounted. I mean, I think we do more than we thought possible. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's got to come from that place of love where yeah. where it is just natural and it is what what motivates you to do it all. It's not about being seen by others. It's not about ticking a box. It's not about winning an uh, an exam. It's not about passing. Yeah. It's all about out of love. The rest just comes naturally. Um, yeah. This is beautiful. I can keep going, but. We are out of time. I mean, you've got places to be, and, and, and uh, we've got to get you back. Um, uh, let's keep in touch. How do So if people want to get in touch with you, the website, there's a way of contacting you. Um, is there a social media yeah. platform? Uh, yeah, I'm Chris at chrispadgett.com. That's my email. So okay. you can send an email there, the chrispadgett.com. It's got the website. For a lot of people from ministry, uh, that's where they go. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find, I think, if, you, if you're looking. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, my joke would be you could probably find a lot better speakers out there and a lot better uh, authors out there and all that. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm grateful to be, to be, able, to be able to do, to do this. But, but uh, yeah, just pray for me and my family if you all Absolutely. think of it, and that would be great. Amen. Well, God bless you and your, and your growing family. Uh, nine children and how many grandchildren did you no, say? I think number eight's on the way wow. any day. So. Wow. So. I love it. I love yeah. those babies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> just a final, um, yeah, just want to ask you, pray for us, pray for Perusia. Um, Amen. And, um, and thank you, congratulations on everything you're doing. It's for the Lord and it's having impact and um, just keep going. Uh, we're, we're right behind you here at Perusia and oh, praying for you. And thanks. I do want to thank uh, City Archdiocese for getting out here. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to have this. Uh, yeah, so awesome. you got here. And so thank you for the center evangelization. Um, and, and thanks, everyone. Uh, look, God bless you. <laughs> thank what, you, my brother. Yeah, Very we'll, grateful. To be continued. That's another podcast. Thank I hope you got a lot out of that as I did. It, we're only scratching the surface here, but evangelization. How does that look like today? I mean, I think uh, you, you got, I hope you got a lot out of that. Um, and, and so please, let's pray for Chris's family and all his work. That's another Prusia podcast. I'm Shabal Raish. Thank you again. Until next time, God bless. Mm -hmm.